We've been doing a series on uh, Born for Battle, and we're going to conclude that series today. And, uh, you know, you know, whenever I felt led to do, um, to do a series on spiritual warfare, I believe I can see uh, now that we've gotten this, this far along, uh, the Lord's, I'm so great, grateful for his leading and his guidance, aren't you? And uh, today we're going to finish our series, and we're calling it Winning the Battle and Staying Free. In Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1, it says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty with which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Now, clearly Paul is talking to Christians when he says this, to, to, um, to stand fast in the liberty of their freedom. And he says, he warns them, don't get entangled again uh, in a yoke of bondage. In other words, I believe Christians can lose their spiritual freedom. Now, I'm not saying you can lose your salvation, but I'm saying you can lose your freedom, right? So I, I'm not saying that, you know, that you got to worry about every day whether you're going to go to heaven or not, but I believe you can lose the presence of God in your life. And that's why Paul warns Christians to deal with anger quickly. And he says in Ephesians 4.26, be angry and do not sin and do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Place means territory. It means, it means a, uh, a position. So unresolved anger gives the enemy a position. And the enemy's job and the enemy's goal is to enslave Christians and even bring them into bondage. And that's why Jesus encouraged us when we pray, we should pray this way. Luke eleven four, forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone who's indebted to us and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So Jesus encouraged us every day to pray that the Lord would deliver us from the evil one. Now, why should we pray to be delivered from the evil one? Because every day Satan will try to bring us into bondage and to deliver us. That's Satan's strategy. He'll try to attack us. He'll try to, he'll try to enslave us. And um, the Bible gives us several examples of how he does it. But the Bible says through the spirit of fear, through the spirit of heaviness and oppression. The Bible talks about the spirit of jealousy, the spirit of deception or lying, spirit of adultery, of uncleanness or sexual perversion, the spirit of infirmity or, or, or sickness, the spirit of divination or witchcraft. These are all demonic influences that Satan will try to bring even the body of Christ under. And, uh, you know, I... I'm not at liberty to tell you some of the things that happened in the last month or six weeks, but I do have liberty to tell you about one. And, uh, you know, yesterday, Lorena Gamboa went to be with the Lord. She, she uh, had colon cancer, and, um, and, and she went to be with Jesus on Tuesday, early Tuesday morning. But, you know, uh, Lorena had a spiritual attack on her life even while she was going through this. And uh, on a Sunday after church, uh, Tanya and I got a call, and um, their family called us and asked us if we'd go pray for her, because uh, they went to they went uh, after church. They went to to uh, to see her, and uh, one of the family members said, "Lorena, call on Jesus," because she was in severe pain, and she said, "I am," but he's laughing at me. And so, you know, um, her brother had enough wisdom to know that that wasn't Jesus. And so he said, would y'all come pray? I believe she's under spiritual attack. 
So we went, we got around the bed, and we all started praying and doing warfare. And, 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 and the dad, while we were praying, got a revelation that somebody, they were, they were believing God to heal her. And I believe it pleases God when we do that. But, you know, they, somebody asked to come pray for her, and they went and prayed for her, but it wasn't the kind of prayer that we would pray in Jesus' name. And they didn't know what was, what was going on, but the Lord reminded him of that. And while we were praying, he started repenting. And, and he started, he, he recognized that that was an open door right there. And we bound the enemy, broke his power. And you know, from that moment on, Lorena never, never experienced Jesus laughing at her again. It was a demonic attack. Amen. In the last few days of her, her days on the earth, she was in total, it's like she was in between heaven and earth. And she was worshiping God. She had hardly no strength in her body. She'd pick up her arms and just worship God. But I believe that was a spiritual attack on her life. And so we got to learn to win our spiritual battles because the enemy will try to enslave us and bring us into bondage. Amen? And so how, how do we keep our freedom in Christ and avoid being enslaved by Satan's bondages? Paul gives us a clue in Ephesians 6.10. And he says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, and put on the full armor of God that you will be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, to keep our freedom in, in Christ, we must dress for battle. That's basically what Paul's saying. He's saying, put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And to stand against the wiles of a devil, the devil, we must put on the full armor of God. Amen? To guard and keep our freedom, we got to learn how to dress for battle and put on the armor of God. In verse 13, he says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand or withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand. Now, in these three verses, Paul describes six pieces of armor that we need to put on. Six steps to dressing for battle. Number one, first put on the belt of truth. That's what he says in verse 14. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth. The belt, uh, the, the belt in the Roman soldier's day was not a skinny belt like mine, but it was a wide belt, and it held together all the rest of the soldier's army. The belt was the first step in dressing for battle. And as God's soldiers, we need to put on truth so we can stand in the evil day. Now, there's two ways we put on truth. One is we put on truth by learning truth. we got to learn truth. Hosea 4 and 6 says, my people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. How many of you know a lack of knowledge of truth makes you a weak Christian? The more truth you know, the stronger you become. The more weak you become, the more susceptible you are to the enemy's attacks. But Jesus said in John 8, 32, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Amen. So listen, the only truth you can walk in is the truth you know. So you need to learn the truth so you can get, fight the battle. Amen? The second way to put on truth is refuse to live a life of lies or falsehoods. In Exodus 20:16 says, you must not lie. Lying is when you're living a secret life, when you're living a life of deception, when you're not speaking the truth. That's a, a life of lying, and the Bible says that we should not do that. And when truth sets us free, but lies brings us into bondage. 
So remember, God is a God of truth and Satan is a liar. That's his character. That's his nature. Have you ever met someone that lies so much they begin believing their own lies? You know what happens? They become, they get, uh, they, they open the door to a lying spirit. And you can be a Christian and tell one lie after another. You can be in bondage and slave. So listen, if you want to maintain spiritual freedom, you need to make a decision to walk in truth and live in truth. Amen? Remember Ananias and Sapphira, Satan entered their heart whenever they lied to the Holy Spirit. Number two, the second step to dressing for battle is putting on the breastplate of righteousness. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, and put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, the breastplate was the second piece of armor, and it covered the entire uh, area of their chest and in that. And the breastplate was the body armor that covered the vital organs of the body. And righteousness is our breastplate in our spiritual armor. So not only do we need to put on the belt of truth, but the breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness simply means living your life right before God. That's what it means. Right standing with God. And so how many of you know that righteousness gives you power? Spiritual power. Come on, are y'all hearing me out there? As the Lord's soldier, we need to choose to live our life uprightly before God with a clean conscience and, and with, uh, with purity because it'll give us spiritual confidence before God. Paul said in Acts 2, 24, 16, I strive to always keep my conscience clear before God and man. Why did Paul strive to keep his conscience clear? So Satan couldn't trip him up and they couldn't rob him of his spiritual confidence through guilt and condemnation. See, every time the enemy lures us into sinning, then here comes condemnation and guilt, and there goes our confidence before God. And so the enemy knows that. But if we stand in righteousness, it'll, we'll be a strong soldier in God's army. Amen? Are y'all there? So listen, we need to... I, uh, Psalm 5.12 says, For surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous, and you surround them with your favor as with a shield. Remember the children of Israel, once they defeated Jericho and they came up against Achan? Uh, excuse me, not Achan, Ai. And they lost that battle. And they lost the battle because Achan stole some things out of the city that he wasn't supposed to. He got in an unrighteous place. And this small tribe that they should have defeated easily defeated them because they got out of righteousness. See, if we stay in righteousness, we're going to win our spiritual battles. The third step to dressing for battle is putting on the sandals of peace. Ephesians 6, 15, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, the Roman soldier, uh, you know, these sandals weren't like flip-flops. You know, they weren't like the sandals we wear to the beach. It was actually like a half boot. And on top of them, were uh, nails or cleats, and they had cleats on the soles. And these boots made them sure-footed in rough terrain and gave them peace of mind when they were walking through uncertain grounds and territories. Are you tracking with me? And as a soldier in God's army, walking in God's peace is essential to getting through trials and tribulation. you got to stay in the place of peace because it gives you power in your life. 
God peace, God's peace gives you strength and stability when you're fighting your spiritual battles. Amen? Don't let the enemy get you in turmoil. Don't let him get you in conflict. Stay in a place of peace. In, the, in Ephesians 6, 15, it says, having shod your feet with the gospel of peace. Shod means to strap on or to bind on like a sandal. So he's saying, strap on peace. Don't let the enemy take you into battles, fighting with people, arguing with people. That's the enemy's plan. Stay, strap on peace. John 14, 27, Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. So do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. Amen. So listen, as a a soldier in God's army, you don't have to live your life full of worry and fear. You can live your life strap on the peace of God. It'll make you a strong warrior. Amen. Think about a soldier out there on the front lines, and he's full of worry and turmoil and, and fear. What kind of soldier he's going to be? Come on, the children of God need to stand firm in peace, the, the peace of God. Amen? You'll be a strong warrior. The fourth step to dressing for battle is putting on the shield of faith. Ephesians 6 and 16 says, Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Now, the Roman soldiers carried this shield, and this shield wasn't like, you know, like this big, but the shield was actually like four feet by two feet. It was like a door. And they carried this shield, and that shield was made out of six layers of leather. And they soaked that leather in oil, and they soaked that leather in water. And the purpose of the shield was so whenever the enemy threw the fiery dart at them and they would stick into the shield, the water and the oil would turn out the fire of the dart and it was rendered ineffective. The oiled and wet leather was so they could catch the flaming arrows of the enemy. How many of you know God has given us a shield and our shield is faith. And with our faith, we can quench the fiery darts of the enemy. Amen? Every soldier in God's army needs to learn to take up his shield of faith every day. We need to exercise our shield of faith to extinguish Satan's fiery darts that he throws at us all the time. Amen? And how many of you know he does every day? 1 John 5 and 4 says, For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. What exactly is our shield of faith? The shield of faith is when we completely, wholeheartedly trust in the Lord. Amen? It doesn't matter what we see going around us. We put our, we, we sink our shoes, our sandals in the terrain, the rough terrain, and say, I'm not going to be moved. The Lord is going to take me through this circumstance, and he's going to get me through this situation. Amen? You know, uh, I mentioned about the uh, Gamboa family. How does, how does that family get through the loss of that young lady? How do they get through it? They're going to get through it by raising their shield of faith. They're going to get through it by raising their shield of faith and trusting and relying on God that He will never leave them, never forsake them, and that when they go through the floods, they won't drown. When they go through the fire, they won't be burned. God is going to take them through it, and they're going to have a reunion with their daughter before they know it. Amen? They're going to get through it. 
So they get through it by lifting their shield. How do you get through what you're going through? Lift your shield. Trust God that he's going to get you through what you're going through. Amen. Come on, every soldier needs to have their shield. Imagine going to battle and leaving your shield behind. You're going on the front lines, and here comes the fiery darts. And the enemy throws one lie after another. So you're not going to make it. You're a failure. You don't have no value. You're not loved. You're a reject. You're abandoned. All this stuff he throws at you. How you get through that? I tell you how. You get your shield of faith and say, no, the Lord loves me. No, my Lord is going to deliver me. I can do all things. He's going to get me through what I'm going through in Jesus' name. You win battles that way. So you need to feed your faith every day so that you can grow your faith. Amen? Don't go through life without using your shield of faith. And then the fifth step in dressing for battle is you got to put on the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. Verse 17, and take up the helmet of salvation. Obviously, the helmet protected the head and the mind of the soldier, right? Whenever they were on the battlefield. And so obviously the helmet was of great importance because one shot to the head would render the soldier ineffective and out of the battle. So they needed to have their helmet on. The helmet of salvation. I believe, refers to the renewed mind. And we need knowledge of who Christ is. You know, just a while ago I said we need to stand in faith. Well, we need to know who the God that we serve is. Amen? For some of us, the God that we serve in is pretty small because we don't know much about Him. But the more we know about Him, you're not going to have a, a doctrinal box to put Him in. He's going he's gonna to blow your doctrinal box box to, to smithereens. Amen. So listen, if Satan can get in our head and make us believe his lies, then he's got us beat. So we need to put on our helmet of salvation. And the truth is, it doesn't matter what others think about you. It only matters what you think about you and what God thinks about you. Amen. It doesn't matter what the naysayers are saying around you. Hey, listen, it doesn't matter what your mother-in-law says about you. What does God say about you? Amen. It doesn't matter what the neighbor says about you. What does God say about you? That's what really matters. Amen. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So listen, we need to change our own mindsets and our thought patterns that we, we are reject, that we are not going to make. We got to change all that. We need to get our mind renewed so our life can be changed. Amen. Romans 12, 2 says, don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You change your mind, you change your life. Amen. You change your thinking, you change your life. So, you know, listen, you know, I told you that story about whenever uh, Lorena's brother heard her say what she did and, and, and he, went to, he went to warfare. And he called some friends in, and, and, and we got around the bed, and we did warfare. How did he know, how did he know that what was coming out of her mouth wasn't God? Because he had learned who God was. He got his mind renewed. See, that's how he knew. So he was able to win a spiritual battle because he knew who his God was. Do you know who your God is? Because you see, listen. Listen. 
the enemy would just be comfortable if we just come up here and show up here at church like we're, we're doing penance. Like if we show up at church, maybe God will forgive me. Or, or maybe, you know, it's works. If we come to church, maybe God will bless me if I go to church. Folks, it's not about showing up to church and trying to work our way in the favor of God. It's knowing the power of salvation and his blood that covers our sins and the blessing that he is to each and every one of us. Amen? Come on, are y'all with me out there? Yes, amen. The helmet of salvation reminds us that if we can change our thinking, we can change our life. And then the sixth and final step in dressing for battle is this, the sword of the Spirit. Ephesians 6, 17 says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, this sword of the Spirit is the first of the offensive weapons. Everything else was self-protecting. The weapons of warfare are critical to winning the spiritual battle. So we got to use our offensive weapons, right? So the soldier would never go to war without his shield or without his sword. I mean, he's, he's destined to lose if he goes to battle without a sword. Now imagine if an American soldier went out to the front lines of Iraq, and here's, here's ISIS or whoever they're fighting, and they have all this artillery and weaponry, and the American soldier, he just walks out there. He's got his belt on. He's got his breastplate on. He's got his shoes on. He's got his helmet on, but he's empty-handed. How many of you know he's got a he's got a terrible disadvantage? I mean, it would you know listen, a pocket knife would be better than nothing. Amen. But you know, so Paul, whenever he's writing this, he's in prison and he's probably chained between two soldiers, and he's looking at the soldier and he says, "Hey, church, dress for battle." And as he looked at the soldier, he looked at the armor and said, "Man, make sure you put on the belt of truth." And he went down and he said, "Hey." Don't forget the sword, the sword. And listen, it's not a natural sword. It's the sword of the Spirit, amen? The sword of the Spirit. Now, we know from Scriptures the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. Verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, Hebrews 4.12 tells us this, For the Word of God is living, powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. And it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, the Word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword, and it's able to divide. When the enemy tries to lie to us, the sword can separate it. That's a lie. This is true. Whenever we're deceiving ourselves and thinking we're okay, but we're not okay, the sword will say, no, you're not okay. The sword is powerful, amen? And somebody said, on one side of the sword is what God says, and on the other side of the sword is what you say and declare that God said. And so it works like this. It's not good enough to know what God said. You need to say what God said. You need to declare what God said. That's what Jesus did. Remember whenever he was in the wilderness and the enemy came to tempt him? In, in Luke 4, 3, it says, the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, change this stone into a loaf of bread. But Jesus told him, he told him. He didn't think it to him. He told it to him. 
Are y'all with me? He didn't think it to the devil. He told the devil, no. The scriptures say people do not live by bread alone. Then the devil took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. You know why he took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world? Because his last attempt didn't work. Verse 6, I will give you all the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. I'll bless you if you serve me. Verse 7, I will give it to all, I'll give it all to you if you will worship me. Jesus replied, verse 8, the scriptures say, you must not worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem. Okay, this didn't work. To the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. Now he changes tactics. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect and to guard you, and they will hold you up with their hands so they won't even hurt you, your foot on a stone. Now notice Satan then, now notice Satan tried to use the twisting of scripture to defeat Jesus. He said, the Bible says, but it didn't work because Jesus used the two-edged sword. In verse, verse 11, he says, Jesus responded, or verse 12, the scripture also says, you must not test the Lord your God. And then when the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportune time. Are you getting it? So here's the point. To win our spiritual battles and keep our spiritual freedom, we need to use our sword of the Spirit. We need to not only know, but to know and quote the, and declare the Word of God. Amen? So listen, imagine. You know why they have this thing called basic training in the military? Because the last thing they want is for a soldier to go out there that hadn't learned to do battle, that can't even battle his own flesh. I'm hungry. I'm, it's hot. I don't want to go out there. It's hot. They say, no, you got to learn how to work through hot. Come on, you got to learn to work through hunger. Amen? Come on, they need a soldier out there that they, they focus. They got their face set like flint. So they don't just, whenever the world glitters and glamours out there, the soldier don't turn his head. The soldier learn, learns how to set his face like flint. I'm going to battle and I'm going to win. So what they do is they train the soldiers so that by the time they get on the battle line, man, they got, they, they got the eye of the tiger. Amen. They're ready to go bear hunting with a switch. They're ready to do damage. Amen. And come on, God needs some warriors in his kingdom. Come on, he needs some soldiers in his kingdom. He needs some strong green beret, some Navy SEALs. Come on, are y'all hearing me out there? We need some soldiers that don't leave their sword on the coffee table at home. But they pick up their sword and they're ready to go to battle. And they declare the word of God says. And the word of God says, it is written, the Bible says, I will not be defeated. I will be victorious because my, my Savior Jesus has won the battle for me already. I'm not going to live like a defeated foe. I'm going to stand up in the name of Jesus and I'm going to take what Jesus paid, a high price for me. Come on, would you stand with me? And let's close in prayer. Now what you just witnessed, my friends, is a miracle. I preached a sermon in 30 minutes. Amen. Amen. Come on. Let's give God glory. 
Let's give God praise. Amen. But come on, come on, come on. The enemies, listen, Paul said, don't give up your freedom. Stand fast in the liberty which Christ has set you free. And don't give in. Don't give up. Don't lose your liberty because somebody hurts you. And you get in the, in the grip of offense. Come on, don't let the enemies, his, his pubs on the internet, take you into pornography. To take you into adultery. Come on, don't let the enemy take you down, soldier. Learn to fight your battles. The enemy wants to take you out and steal your freedom. Don't let him do it. Dress for battle. Put on the whole armor of God. Amen. Put on the armor of God. The helmet of salvation. Come on, put on the belt of truth. Come on, stand in the breastplate of righteousness. Amen. Come on, take up your shield of faith. You're going to make it. You're going to win. The enemy's not taking you out. You're going to get past this thing that the enemy has tried to trip you up with. Pick up your shield and declare, I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Are y'all with me? Come on, soldier, stand up. Come on, stand up. Come on, soldier, gain your ground. Put on your sandals of peace. Bypass the turmoil. Quit arguing and fighting with your wife and with your husband and with your children and with your parents and with the neighbor and with the ones that are slowing down on Ambassador Caffrey. Stay in the place of peace. Come on, stay in the place of peace. Guard your ground. Stay in the place of peace. God will give you the victory. Amen. Now listen, bow your heads with me. Some of you will never be successful in winning your battle because you've never joined the Lord's army. You've never joined His army. We started this context and Paul said, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might and then put on the armor of God. First step is you got to surrender your life to Jesus. You can't successfully win the battle until you become strong in the Lord. And you can't become strong in the Lord until you're willing to surrender your life to Jesus. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Christ, you don't know for sure that you're a Christian, that if you die tonight, whether you would go to heaven or not. If you're not sure of that, I want to pray for you because Jesus wants to save you. So if you want to get in the Lord's army, and make sure you're in the Lord's army. I want you to wave your hand at me right now. Just wave your hand, and I want to pray for you. Raise it high and wave it over here. Over here, back here. Over here. Listen, what? come on, come on. I need some more. I need some warriors. Come on, I need some soldiers. Are you ready to fight in the battle? Come on. If you can't stand, if you can't say I'm in here in this place, you'll never say I'm in outside. Listen, those of you that have your hands raised, slip out of the pew real quick. Slip out of the pew. Listen, come down here. Come down right here at the altar. Come on. Here, listen. We got some soldiers signing up today. We got some soldiers signing up. We got some soldiers signing up. Come on. Come on down. Come on down. Come on. Come on. God's going to make you a green beret. God's going to make you a Navy SEAL. Come on. God's going to make you a special force in his kingdom for his glory. There you go. There you go. There you go. Anybody else, if you can't do this in the air, you're not ready for the Lord's army. But come on. The Lord is looking for soldiers. Come on. Just pray this prayer with me. Just bow your head. Say, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. 
and I've sinned before you. Lord, I'm sorry. Lord Jesus, would you forgive me? Father, I need the breastplate of righteousness. I want to be right standing with God. Lord Jesus, would you cleanse my heart? Fill my heart with your power, with your presence, with your glory. I want to live the Christian life. Help me, Jesus, to live my life for you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, listen, those of you, there were some others that, that you didn't come down, but I just want to encourage you, those that raised your hand, if you meant this prayer in your heart, you prayed it where you're sitting, I want you to come up whenever we dismiss, and I want you to tell somebody at the altar that you prayed that prayer at the end because we want to give you some tools to help you get started in your journey, and we want to pray for you. So if you would just stay here for just a moment, somebody's going to come right now and help you. Army, y'all ready? Soldiers, are you ready? Come on, let's ask the Lord to break everything holding us back from freedom right now before we go. Some of us, maybe we, we, we're wounded. Maybe some of us are wounded. Maybe some of us have been weakened. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would break every stronghold, break every spiritual bondage. Lord, break every plan and tactic of the enemy. Pull down the lies of the enemy. Set your army free today to be the soldiers you've called them to be. I pray in the mighty and the strong name of Jesus. And everybody that agreed said amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you for blessing your people, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.